A lot to break down with Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun this morning. Good morning, Vaughn. And good morning, Simeon. What are you going to be doing this morning at 10 o'clock? Well, I guess I'm going to be paying attention to what's happening in Surrey, as I always seem to be doing. What's going Surrey on? Surrey forever. Yeah. But we're getting a technical briefing this morning with the administrator, Mike Sear. That's at 8.30 for the news media, and then a full-blown press conference, at uh, news conference at 10 a.m., and maybe, finally, some numbers we can take to the bank on the budget situation out there. This thing is coming along, and we're headed toward something in a month or two. Uh, they've got to nail down the budget out there. I think we've got until May, but probably be started out before that. Yes. So I'm really looking good. forward to listening in on this one. It's going to be interesting. It, well, it's good as it's finally some numbers, right? Finally yeah. putting things, rather than doing everything behind closed doors, which the city of Surrey has been doing, uh, and just putting these numbers out there and putting everybody on the defensive. Let's get these out there. Yeah, and you know, you did the interview with Mike Sayre just a little while ago where he said, yeah, there's a... <laughs> Surrey Police Service is over budget. Of course it is, because they were only given half a year's budget because the council and the mayor assumed that Surrey Police Service would be shut down and we'd go back to the RCMP. The province prevented that from happening. The Surrey Police Service is going ahead, and yes, it's going to need a budget top-up because it only has enough money to get it at the end of June. So I assume we're going to get more detail on that, but we'll see. Uh, man, oh man, there's nothing quite like Surrey out there for no uh, this dispute. No kidding. Okay, so that's coming up this morning, and I'm sure we'll be breaking that down this time tomorrow. Uh, right now, though, we also want to talk about an ongoing story that we have discussed. Uh, interesting that here we were waiting for the government's response on that court decision, Vaughn, and it came kind of late, yes, very late yesterday. Yeah, late yesterday. Uh, the government, there isn't an awful lot of precedent for this kind of court appeal in BC, and I think that's one reason why it took the government so long to say what it's going to do. But uh, they announced yesterday afternoon that the province is going to go to the Court of Appeal to try to get the Court of Appeal to overturn the temporary injunction that the Chief Justice of BC Supreme Court had issued, had issued right at the end of last year, December 29th. So the Chief's decision was essentially a temporary injunction against the provincial law that tried to regulate open drug use in BC. So government put in legislation last fall. It said things like uh, no open drug use within 15 meters of a children's playground, no open drug use within six meters of a bus stop. A lot of people thought that sounded kind of reasonable. The chief justice did not agree. He said that law, those restrictions violated the constitutional rights of drug users. Um, controversial decision. I think it shocked the provincial government. First of all, there was a sense of disbelief in Victoria that that had happened. And we now see that disbelief reflected in the province's brief to the Court of Appeal. So the provincial government says that the chief uh, premature decision uh, disregarded uh, the deference to the legislature based on lack of evidence, and they are asking the higher court to overturn the injunction. I think we can conclude from that that the province decided, uh, first and foremost, 
It doesn't want that decision to stand because even though it's only temporary, it goes to March 31st, the province, I think, was concerned that in a full-blown trial, there would be too much deference to the chief's decision, and that might make it very hard to defend the law, the broader law, in court when the full-blown appeal, uh, sorry, the full-blown court challenge goes ahead later this year. It's just such an interesting day. Like we've been waiting to get that decision from them. And then the day they did it was the day that the overdose numbers came out and they're terrible. Yeah, they are. Uh, I mean, it's not surprising because the chief coroner, Lisa LaPointe, told us That's the way things were headed late last year. She announced she was not seeking another term, that she'd be stepping down in February. But she also put out a warning release in February, uh, sorry, in December that the numbers were headed in the wrong direction. And were they ever? Last year, she was able to report that the death toll from poison drugs had dropped a bit. It had dropped uh, below 2,300. Uh, Well, That was between 2021 and 2022, uh, because she reported this time last year on the results in 2022. Well, we've now got the numbers for 2023, and they're as bad as she hinted there. We've gone up to 2,500, so it's the worst ever. And I have to say, it comes at a discouraging time for advocates of decriminalization and safer supply because next week is the first anniversary of British Columbia's experiment with decriminalization. And by the numbers, things are getting worse, not better. Talking with Von Palmer from the Vancouver Sun about the really shockingly high overdose numbers that coroner Lisa LaPointe uh, was talking about yesterday. Interesting to note, Vaughn, that she also had some comments about that open drug use law. Yeah, she said that she's read the Chief Justice's decision granting the injunction, and she thinks it's a very good, strong decision. You know, she says, um, yeah, I know it's uh, disturbing to see open drug use out there, Uh, you know, but she says uh, we've had a big surge in homelessness and homeless people don't have a place to go, so they take drugs in the open air and... She says that what people need to ask themselves when they see open drug use is, does this actually threaten me? Does this actually harm me? She says she's seen no data that open drug use is actually threatening the health and safety of the public uh, or their children. Um, Look, Simi, I have to say, when I heard her say that, I had a bit oh, of disbelief. I've got too. a lot of time for Lisa to point. I think we all should respect the work she's done and thank her for her public service. And I know it's a depressing story and a frustrating one. And I know she's well-informed. But, you know, when she says our politicians are driven by fear and lack courage, I mean, I think they're operating in the political real world. And... You know, you tell a parent that a person that it's unreasonable to restrict someone's ability to take drugs within 15 meters of a playground. <clears throat> I just think that, you know, you're you're not thinking the way a parent does or a member of the public does. A bus rider, you can take drugs within 6 meters of a bus stop. I I just think, you know, <sighs> 
the, the thing I found myself saying toward the end of our news conference yesterday was, if you can't get an NDP government to do what you're advising, you know, you, you should be asking yourself, uh, what, what is, when do you think what you're are things get it like done? in the real world? Yeah. Yeah. I asked her the question, too, about decriminalization. So the public was told that decriminalization was necessary to deal with the uh, problem of uh, rampant drug use and rampant deaths here in British Columbia, that decriminalization was one of the things that was going to help us turn the corner. Well, the numbers after a year are the opposite. It's getting worse. So I asked her, what could you point to that would actually be evidence that this is working? And she said, there's no data. Okay. <laughs> she said, right. we still have to stick with the experiment. I, I hear that. I understand that people are absolutely sure this is the way to go. She doubled down on her advice to the provincial government. Spend more money on treatment. Okay. More resources. Yes. Not... It, non-prescription access to drugs. So you don't need prescriptions anymore. That's a non-starter with the New Democrats as well. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the government, you know, the government's under attack from people who think they've gone too far. But I would say the New Democrats are trying to figure out how to walk the tightrope here and bring the public along with them. And frankly, hearing people being told that decriminalization, the numbers are getting worse. People being told that basically open drug use anywhere is acceptable because anything less than that would violate the rights of drug users. I don't know. I this just is, think yeah. she's not recognized the realistic problem that politicians have, especially in an election year, bringing the public along with what is still an experiment that hasn't been adopted elsewhere. You know, if somebody were taking drugs in a home and a child was in that home, I think the government would consider that to be a concern to the safety of that child, right? If there was yeah. open drug use in a home. Yeah. I'm sure yeah. that's been the subject of child custody cases or family law and whatever, but apparently it's okay in a public space. Like, that's not a harm, too? Like, what yeah. if there are needles? What if, like, there's just, it's such a silo uh, to, to say that, oh, there's no, there's no evidence of that. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, the other thing that happened yesterday is we had the minister, Jennifer Whiteside, uh, reacting to this and right, thanking right, right, the right. point for her service and saying, you know, uh, the government's going to do more. And there's a press conference later today where the government's going to announce more resources. So, you know, fair enough. But it's interesting. Whiteside got asked twice yesterday about the news out of Oregon. So Oregon went first in decriminalizing. And when we decriminalized, a lot of people here said, hey, look what the Americans are doing. Well, Oregon is reverse direction. They're recriminalizing because they've had a huge open drug use and crime problem in particularly Portland. So Whiteside was asked about this. She was asked about it twice. She just didn't address it at all. She, no way is she going to talk about that. Uh, she was asked about the coroner's call for access to drugs without prescriptions. And again, clear she's not accepting it. She didn't really directly address that, uh, directly address that either. So, you know, I've got some sympathy for LaPointe on this. I, I think she's very well motivated and sincere, but I don't think she's helping 
the New Democrats sell what is already a controversial policy and an experiment that it is very hard to point to examples where the experiment is actually working. Yeah, they're not doing the whole idea of it any favors by kind of doubling down on uh, not recognizing kind of the, the bind that they're putting the government in here. So uh, we know that the government has said they're going to appeal. Do we know what the, how this works now, what this timeline is? And Well, the Court of Appeal usually takes these things up fairly quickly because the province is involved in it. And also the temporary injunction expires on March 31st. So I think the Court of Appeal will want to say something before that. Of course, uh, you know, you can always appeal to the Supreme Court of Canada as well. But no, I I think the appeal will go ahead. I expect that the uh, Nurses Harm Reduction Society, which won the case with a lawyer from Pivot Legal Society, David uh, Eby's old group, Uh, They'll be in court arguing to defend the decision by the the chief justice as well. So that'll be a major case, and it may set a precedent for future. As I said, the provincial um, position is that the chief justice of the Supreme Court uh, acted prematurely uh, with a lack of evidence and based on a poor reading of higher court decisions that Judges ought to defer to Parliament unless they have, or in the legislature, unless they have a pretty good reason for not doing so. Right, and we should point out this is a, this is rare, right? That this happens. Oh yeah, yeah, it's rare. I mean, normally with a temporary injunction, and the chief let it, you know, he only put it out to March thirty first. Essentially, he invited the province to go to court, defend its law, which hadn't even been proclaimed yet toughen up its regulation, and they could have brought in regulations to address the court's concern. And essentially, that was the way he pointed them. He wasn't killing their law permanently. He was saying, you're going to have a full-blown trial on this, and you can't enact the law or implement the law until then. Uh, The province didn't do it. Uh, They said, nope, uh, you know, we don't like this so much that we're going to try to get the temporary injunction overturned. So this is a a pretty high stakes appeal that we're going to see because of course, if they lose the appeal, that will strengthen the chief's position that the law violates the rights of drug users. Right. Okay, Vaughn, thank you for that. Bye-bye, Simi. It's Vaughn Palmer there from the Vancouver Sun. There's some more to come on that. And of course, as Vaughn mentioned off the top too, there is that press conference this morning, a technical briefing, this involving policing in Surrey. Uh, So yeah, there will be more to talk about on that front. More numbers. I shouldn't say more numbers. No, numbers. Uh, It would be great if we'd already had numbers. We don't. So we're actually going to get a detailed look, it sounds like, at the numbers that are being kind of cherry-picked by, uh, you know, the city of Surrey and the other side. So we will find out more about that this morning and Vaughn and I'll talk about it tomorrow.